Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, guys, if you like my show, you're going to love the official Lakers podcast on Podcast One. Join host Mike Trudell and co-host Aaron Larsoul every Monday night as they discuss the Lakers news of the day, break down the games from the week, and have exclusive interviews from players, coaches, and staff. So don't miss the official Lakers podcast every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hi, welcome to Spike's Car Radio. I'm uh, calling from behind the fire line. Zuckerman, Zuckerman, are you there? Can you hear me? I am here. I am here for another episode of Spike's Car Radio. I am manning the desk. I am in the studio all by myself. I've got the switches and buttons. I'm in full control. You, my friend, you are, are now my guest, and now I can talk over you. Did you say something? What? What? Hello? Hello? Oh, please, please, please. You're burying the lead. Um, before we get to that, in a minute, we're going to play uh, our interview. We interviewed Paul Tuttle Sr. from Orange County Choppers. Great guy. Uh, he was great. And we're going to play that interview in a little bit. But before that, um, you know, here we are. Here we are, Again. gentlemen. I'm, uh, I'm in my house in Brentwood uh, behind the fire lines. Uh, everyone was evacuated, and I decided to stay. This is a, I'm excited to talk to you about this because you had that horrible tragedy in in Malibu, and yes. I learned so much about what you know what to do and what not to do from what was going on with you. Um, you know, you know when this thing swept in a, a couple days ago, it was like three in the morning, right? And did this happen with you? My iPhone went off in the middle of the night at three in the morning. Like a siren. Well, woke we, me up a sound I had never heard coming out of my phone before. It, we had that, but it was not in the middle of the night. We had, we had it in the morning, and as you know, um, we followed the instructions, and you were much smarter. <laughs> well, I did follow the instructions. Now I, I, I need to clarify, but I, you know, again, this is what this is what happened to me. What I did, and I'm not advocating that anybody else do this, but I think the audience will enjoy some of my decision-making <laughs> on this situation. So <clears throat> you, get the, you get the alert. It says prepare to evacuate. So I, I went outside. I've never had this happen to me in 20 years living in L.A. But I walked out, I looked up the street, and I posted this picture on Instagram, and there was fire in the sky. <laughs> I could see it right over Stacey Schulman's house. I could see the flames licking. And I went, wow, this seems to be a, very, a pretty big problem. Went back inside, woke my wife up, and I said, look, we just got this alert. Let's start packing up. And we did, you know, again, this is, uh, and I learned from you on this. I took the pictures that we cared about. My wife said I want to take some of the wedding pictures, and I thought that's really sweet. And then I looked at him, and it was just pictures of her, which I thought was <laughs> odd. <laughs> we, uh, you know, you get some cash. I, uh, <clears throat> I went and I got the watches, yes. right? I got the, the, some of the watches. And then we woke the kids up and said, get your uh, iPads and everything else. And we got our bags together and the whole deal. And 
my son said, did you bring all your watches? What about the uh, the other, the, the, the slop bucket of watches? And I said, oh, that's, that's true. So I got my slop bucket watches. And we loaded up Eric in the BMW. While we're doing this, they said, you know, you got to get out. Now it's time to evacuate. And that was about 3.30. <clears throat> so I said, why don't you guys go down to my office at Santa Monica Airport, um, and I'll meet you there. Because, we, you know, I've got... I've got Aston Martin's car here. I've got their DBS Superleggero. That would be funny. I wonder how that thing burns. What's that? Do you think you think carbon fiber burns well? You know, it's it's like three thirty in the morning. My head's not nobody's heads are working right, and we're in this strange situation. And the kids are all excited because look, there's the fire. Anyway, I go to unplug Erica's BMW, and I notice it didn't charge, and now. An equal amount of anxiety takes over and sort of sidelines the fire. And I start going, well, I just replaced this charger. Why didn't that charge last night? And now I start becoming going, and I'm talking to myself, I go, Spike, this is not the time to try to fix Eric's BMW in the charger. And so I'm trying to get that out of my head. I get them in the car. I said, look, you guys take off on this. Go ahead. Get the dog. I get them down the street. They they get out of the fire zone and are off to Santa Monica. Now I'm in the house by myself going, what do I take? This is the proper car for a fire uh, (laughs) evacuation. Is it the Aston Martin? Should I get on that motorcycle? I've got the old Land Rover, my old friend, sitting outside in the driveway. Wow, three ways to approach <clears throat> danger. I love that. <laughs> but, you know, as a car guy, you're, you're just not thinking. And then I start thinking about the charger. <laughs> so I decide to go look out <clears throat> and reboot the charger to see if I can get the right lights on it. I, I'm, com- I'm a complete idiot left here by myself, okay? Any time of all this stupidity of trying to decide which cars and everything else. I notice I look up the street, there's no more flames licking at our neighborhood anymore. And the fire trucks and the uh, helicopters, it's quiet, right? And the smoke has started to stop. This is about an hour in. So I'm like, well, maybe maybe this thing has passed, right? And I sit tight. I sit tight in the house. Erica calls, when are you coming back? She goes, I don't know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out here and you know, I remember when your house uh, caught fire. You said some of your neighbors were around and they were extinguishing houses. Unfortunately, it wasn't yours, but they were kind of helping out because they stayed back. And I thought, I've got a straight shot right down uh, my street to sunset. You know, I'm not in the middle of the woods, so why don't I hang out here and, you know, get some work done and help out, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I, you know, I ended up going back to bed. <laughs> Just take awesome. a long nap. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm lucky to be alive, Zuckerman. In the meantime, you know, the fire is uh, has retreats up into the hills. There were some houses hit in our, uh, up high above us, maybe a mile away. Wow. And around 10 o'clock, you know, my wife is like, "Where? what are you doing? And I said, uh, I'm going to get some work done. i got a deadline. And she goes, well, as long as you're here. You know, you're you're up there. Everybody, you know, we're here with another family. So, you know, people want to know about their houses. So I start zipping around the neighborhood in various vehicles, checking on houses to see if they've burned, which they haven't, and providing relief. Um, except, you know, I'm also dodging police officers who are wondering why I'm still in the neighborhood, Zuckerman. And, you know, I'm doing it on a 66 Triumph Bonneville, which is even crazier, because as I 
get up to uh, Tiger Tail where there's this big fire right. going on or was going on, I'm surrounded by uh, unexpectedly lots of police and lots of uh, firefighters and everybody else. And they're chill and they're just relaxed. And there's a lot of reporters there and stuff. And, and then uh, a security comes after me. One of our little yellow security cars, one of the rent cops and goes, hey, blast the siren, <laughs> shines a light on <laughs> right? It's the daytime. I was just mixing about, I was just going to try to get a little iPhone picture of, of one of our friends' homes to show them it was still standing because they were, you know, understandably very upset. And he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, uh, I go, what? And he goes, show me some ID. <clears throat> okay, well, now I'm, I conjured up my instant Zuckerman. The said, first looter is shot. <laughs> Yeah. Now this is this is the little yellow security guard yes. company. Yes. The guys who uh, patrol my neighborhood, one of which is frequently drunk. I can smell the booze on his breath. He's got a forty-five, <laughs> and he drinks at seven in the morning. The other guy is the guy who locked himself out of a car for two hours. And you and helped he, him. I I opened it up with a, a coat hanger. And, and did he say it wasn't his comment? You me, sure know a lot about cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, you're never going to get it. I've been trying this. And I'm going, who is he? He looked like a department store Santa Claus. I'm like, I don't. I can't have these guys showing up with guns, drunko and Santa Claus. Yeah, and I opened his car, and that's what he said. You know a lot of us. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you should not have a 45 on your belt. You should not. And so this is the first police. He, he grabs me. He goes, show me your ID. And I have the Zuckerman courage. I know now the limitations of the law. And I'm not showing you anything. He goes, well, you might be a looter. A looter, Zuckerman. Yes, an aging (laughs) geriatric looter. (laughs) (laughs) On a Sondor's electric bicycle. I'm looting diapers. I'm looting diapers, right. I've got a work reunion hat, (laughs) jeans, and a nice pair of sneaks. And I'm a looter. <laughs> and I said, I'm not a looter. He goes, you've got to show me your ID. And I go, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> he goes, well, those guys up there are going to ask for your ID. And I look up, and it's just a bunch of firemen eating sandwiches and some sleeping. You know, these guys have had a rough night. I'm like, what? And he goes, you know, we got looters. And I said, buddy, look, you really want to help? i, I got to look at two houses up here. I've got two families that are very upset. No one will give them any. Why don't you come with me so we can just look at their house? And don't try to shoot me. He didn't even, he just he just goes, well, you know, someone's going to think you're a looter. And then he just takes off. It's a crisis. It's madness. It's a crisis. You know? Crisis adrenaline. Idiots faced with crisis. Idiots faced with crisis. Right. And these guys, these security guys in the neighborhood, we've got one great company that works that we've moved. And then we've got these crazy idiot guys. You're lucky That's he didn't ventilate your head. Yeah, these guys have had the job of blocking uh, the street to make sure parents at the school don't speed up the street. And they can't do that, right? parents doing 90. Uh, yeah, and they're like, one of the guys literally said to me, he goes, I can't do anything, Spike. Um, I'm not as important as these people are. Oh, God. Said, what? He goes, I'm no one. I'm oh, no one compared God. to the almost. That was the drunk guy in a drunken... Yeah, it was one of the weirdest things in the world, and I and I just you know I looked at him. I said, "Dude, you got a gun, you got a badge, you." <laughs> anyway, didn't matter. Anyway, I'm still here, Zuckerman. I'm still here, but you can't I've leave. Got... You you're stuck up there, and things have intensified down the end of the street. 
Um, in what right way? now, it's it's a sunny, beautiful day. Well, they got the LAPD now has blocked off the end of the street down there, so they're not. Mm. Once you, it's like Malibu. Once you leave, you can't get back in. Mm. There's no smoke in the air up here. It's beautiful. There's no firemen or equipment or anything going on. I'm not in the way of anybody. It's you know, it 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 it, it sounds like to me the report I just heard was it's uh it's going to be very windy again, and they just rather than let everybody high up into the hills back in, have to get them out again. They just right. rather keep them out for one more day. But I'm in an interesting car predicament, Zuckerman. I've got the Aston Martin DBS Superleggero. <laughs> I have a great idea. I have a really and good idea. They're supposed to pick it up and drop a Volvo off. I have a better ahead, idea. Let's tell him it got? burned up. Let's just keep it. <laughs> we just keep it and just tell him it burned up. There's nothing left. It's such. You know what? I really warmed up to this car, Zuckerman. Really, you were you know, over it, the weekend. You were questioning it, its. Ability, you know, I know the livability of that car, and then it it the soup the muscle car the refined British exterior with the muscle car drivetrain really got me at one point. I went this I can't believe I'm wrestling with this. This car is so much fun. It's just a fun, crazy car that should be celebrated. Do you know what I mean? Right, because it, it has it, no reason to exist. It has no reason to exist. Exactly. And it took me it took me six days of driving to understand that. Right. But then when I got it and I, you know, kept going back to James Bond going, What what is the James you you, you gotta not just remember the James Bond showing up to the event to kill the guy moment you've got to remember like the james bond and the mission impossible chasing that he does in these cars right. and then you get it you go the back end this thing <clears throat> was spinning wheels at 60 miles an hour and i got on it too hard and the wheel spun and i went so wow awesome. and then you show up somewhere in it and everybody's like wow and then you go wow i get it i understand this car. over the top retardation <laughs> i can use that word in this context right Yes, you can. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think we're at the level of that scrutiny yet. Yes, I. I really. I think we're okay. Yeah, I think that there there's a place in the world for cars that have no reason to exist that are so crazy, so over the top, as you say that that it's just right. it's just about the joy of it being so insane, impractical, unusable, <laughs> fast, reckless. Right. Right. That's kind of like your old GT2, right. your Adriatic Blue one. Yeah, it's not going to – and, and there's going to be a time these things don't exist anymore. Right, right. Do you remember that period of time <laughs> in, the, in the 80s when we used to look back at muscle cars and say, wow, those things had no reason to exist, and, and they're never going to make things like that again. We, we missed yeah. out. There really was a time if, if you felt in the 80s that you missed out on music and on cars, and – and here we are again in another, at least a high period in in cars and performance that will disappear. Yeah, and it comes it comes out of Aston Martin, which is really interesting to me. And they, you know, they fixed a lot of the last versions of these cars. You know, the light switches you push them down, and the window would go up. There was a lot of backwards <laughs> tech in it. <clears throat> you know, we're British; we drive on the other side of the road, so everything works in the other way. And there's still some of that there. When no you Apple iPlay, right? Well, when you reach to adjust the seat, you reach usually our hands go down to the left, right? right. Well, here they're on the right. Oh, that come you adjust on. to pretty quickly. 
on the steering wheel, there's a, you know, you can do a lot of stuff, but you, there's a roller on the left side of the steering wheel that turns the volume up on the radio. When you, on the right side, there's another roller and you roll it forward or up thinking you'll push the music forward a song, but it actually goes backwards up. So that's a little counterintuitive and odd there. It doesn't have Apple CarPlay, which, you know, it's a, an actual, you know, the car's wonderful, but they need to put Apple CarPlay and here's why, you know, and I, I told you and Jerry this, this car is like trying to ride a frightened golf course alligator, right? Looking <laughs> back into the, into the water, right? You know, that look, that feeling right. when you're driving it, it's like you're on the back of that crazy wiggling reptile as it's trying to get back in the water fast. And that means it commands a lot of your attention, which means you don't want to be in what I'm doing now, which is I'm looking at my phone in the deep bucket of the passenger seat, which if you imagine my head is turning very right. Mm -hmm. I, I really need that screen to be up to date in all cars. I don't know that anybody in the world doesn't want that uh, Apple, Andro Apple CarPlay or the Android interface because it really keeps our eyes on the road. It keeps right. our heads up. And, it, and I find it keeps my hands off the phone when I'm driving it, you know, which is important. So that's, you know, that would be the big thing I would add to this car. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. Now, last night, Zuckerman, you, you texted me a picture of a 992. Whoa. Is that your car? That is my car. With quiet got speed. A 992? With quiet speed, Ferriston. That's what they call it. Quiet <laughs> speed. You did. You have not had one of these car surprises in a long time. That's right. So you just and suddenly announced it. I just and that's what I did. I just sent you a picture of the rear rear end. You and Jerry, quiet speed. That's my nickname. <laughs> quiet speed. It's really. And all right. Yeah. Come and, on. And what, what are your thoughts? Okay, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I can give you the details that I I think bug me. There are details that are fantastic, but I will tell you that as a driver, just to drive is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal drive. This is a Carrera S, which we know is a turbo. This car has serious scoot, Ferriston. It's um, at least uh, the specs that you would see online say 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds. I'm going to tell you it feels lower than that, 3.3. Three. It's almost as wow. fast as a GT2 RS. And wow. with the Big fat tires with with it's wider. It's it, I think they stretched out the the width and a little bit of the they made it bigger, but it eats up the road so smoothly and so competently. I have not had enough wheel time on it, but uh, from what little I well had, wait was it I, delivered was it delivered to the office yes, yesterday yesterday. So where was your first drive? <laughs> up to up to my house, so it, it were around. The, I should say around the block in Beverly Hills. Uh, I did get a little. Mm -hmm. I got a little time on Sunset last night, and it is ferocious and it handles. There is no question. Wow. It is. It and is, you have a PD, you have a PDK yes, in it, right? I do. Wow. And, and, and what's the color? Aventurine green. We'll wow. just we'll just call no it turpentine. Yes. Uh, Not the old. Is that an old nine nine three color? That's the color of, of Jerry's first nine nine three, which he has since sold. He told me, but yes, right. it's a nine nine three color. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Avent Aventurine, uh, Aventurine. It's it's a very it's a it's a gray green. It really suits this car. 
And how did this car come about? Did you, well, were you I, seeking one out? How, what, saw, where did it come from? Okay, you recall a couple of weeks ago, I saw a 992 in the parking lot of Chaconis, and I sent you a picture. And I commented yes. that I liked the front end of that car. And it got me thinking yes. that, uh, that I kind of liked it. I didn't like, I don't like the rear view. I don't like the rear grille. But most of the car is visually a hit. And I just said, yeah, they you know, those uh, those crinkles in the hood, nine nine three early crinkles, like a ruffled potato yes. chip. And you know yeah. what? To, you know what? The last two words I say before <laughs> making any important or costly decision. You know what those two words are? Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck yeah, it. Fuck it. So I just said, fuck it. You know, and and so I called up <laughs> yeah, our friend Dean. After that. Yeah, I called up our friend Dean and I said, <laughs> I want one of those. Uh, it was green cars. Yeah, he said, Aventory mm-hmm. green. I said, yeah, that's it. That's it, dummy. And uh, and and Dean said there there's like none on the ground yet, and they're all accounted for. And I said, well, I I know you. You're you're clever. Uh, you're a clever hunter. Go find me one. And so he he worked his magic, and uh, he said there's a new shipment coming in, and there's a car on there, and and we put your name on it. And sure enough, um, he had it. I could have had it on Friday. But it wouldn't have been factory. It wouldn't have been dealership. It wouldn't have gone through the dealer uh, rigmarole. Uh, so I said, I can wait till I can wait a few days. Now that I've got what Did I want to meet you. Any Zorzi details on it? Did you leave any wrapping on it? There's a little or wrapping on. There's a couple. There's a. There's a little thing on the dash, which I haven't figured out what it is. It's like a little sticker that goes over what could be a microphone or a camera. I don't know. Um, I think there is something. That's watching you inside the car. But I <laughs> oh, couldn't. Great. I couldn't say. I couldn't say for sure. There's a lot of technology in this car. You will love the technology in this car. I am completely intimidated. Uh, Dean started to explain the tech to me, and I said, "Just make the screen show a radio. That's all I want." And then leave me wow. alone. Wow. Here's something you need to know. I, who is Plan Z on this car? Anybody? Nobody. Yet? It's 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 just Z. Wow. Solo Z. Mm. Solo Z. I love it. Uh, you're welcome to be in on it if you want. Uh, I want to see it. I want to see it, and I want to hear more about this drive. You know, it's funny because you, <clears throat> you're saying the same thing that Pete Stout said. You're saying the same thing that Matt Farah said, that this really is a driver's car. It is. Like, forget about what we don't like about the way it looks. It's it's thrilling to drive, and uh, that's exciting. That and gets to, me really excited. Yeah. And to echo what, what one of those guys said, we may have really reached – the limits like people can't run much faster than the four minute mile things can't get this can't be that much faster than this car i can't imagine how much faster a turbo will be than this carrera s i can't even imagine what a turbo s would be like we're we're now talking bugatti levels of speed they must be getting to zero to 60 in 2.1 seconds with your with your face uh permanently changing shape Right. Yeah, your brain smashing against the back. Right, of axonal so what, shearing. How do they have that? How is the turbo calibrated in the 992? Does it feel like a turbo? It's remarkable that uh, that it's almost imperceptible. If you stuck somebody in a car that was not a real aficionado, that didn't really know these cars, and told them it was normally aspirated, they would believe you. They would wow. have. They would have no wow. way of knowing this is a turbo. Wow. They've wow, really have cured like it. They they, they've solved a real winner. Yeah, Fermat's last theorem has been solved. There's no turbo leg. 
<laughs> wow. Yes, well, the word you turbo were... doesn't mean anything anymore. It, that just means car. It just means car. It's just a car. Yeah. High end. High turbo means That's high end. It's synonymous customer. with luxury and money. <clears throat> well, congratulations. Thank you. That's a, a huge uh, gift to yourself after a hard year of work. You deserve it. Thank you. It's I, lovely. Thank I can't you. Wait to, uh, can't wait to see it. Maybe if, I'm, uh, if I don't burn up tonight, like a piece of bacon and a pine tree, I will uh, come see it. I will be, I will, if, if something happens to you, I will make it my mission to teach <laughs> the children how to behave like animals, how to curse very well, like sailors. <laughs> Just lean in. Just lean into my coffin and say, you suck, right before the I always closed. knew you were a loser. You're a piece of shit. And you smell bad. <laughs> and you smell and you bad. Smell bad. <laughs> but hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be having dinner uh, Wednesday tonight. night. The show is airing tomorrow. Yeah, it's airing tomorrow. So yeah. Okay. Tonight, <clears throat> if I get out. But thank you for coming in. Um, if you don't, it's been a pleasure. I'm going to, uh, in a minute, uh, when we come back from commercial, we're going to play our interview with Paul Tuttle Sr. from Orange County Choppers, who has uh, a new podcast he wants to tell us about called Behind the Scenes at Orange County Choppers. We'll be right back with Spike Star Radio. Goodbye. Hey there. It's time to talk about one of my favorite websites, uh, Crown & Caliber. Crown & Caliber sells watches. They don't just sell watches. This is one of those sites you can spend like two or three hours on looking for that perfect watch for you. They've got Rolex, Breitling, Omega, Tag Heuer, Patek Philippe. 3,000-plus watches, you guys, from 40 luxury brands, and it's really a truly risk-free experience. I get a watch from them, as you guys know, every every month. I can't wait for that box to come. I can't wait for the unboxing when I open it up. They take such care with these watches. They love watches. They love to buy. They love to sell. I, you know, I've known these guys for a long time. I'm, I've known them since their very humble beginnings, and they have grown into such a wonderful company. Right now, by the way, you, you don't take my word for it, they're giving away a Speedmaster. Every man and woman should have one Speedmaster, and they're having a Speedmaster giveaway. It's an Omega Speedmaster Professional Moon Watch, and you can enter on their website, crownacaliber.com forward slash spike. I think you don't even have to put the spike in. Just go to crownacaliber.com, and you can enter. The sweepstakes ends on November 17th. Come on, baby. Everybody needs an Omega Speedmaster. Say you don't want that Omega. You can just want a regular watch and you want some money off. Use Radio 150. That's my special code I'm giving to you guys. Radio 150. You will get $150 off any purchase of $2,000 or more. All right. There you go, folks. Crown of Caliber. Check them out. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. All right, Zuckerman. Are you on the mic? I'm on the mic, and congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah. Paul Tuttle's on the phone. Do we have him? We, we don't have him on the phone yet. He's going to call us in. Orange County Choppers. So, did you uh, did you watch Discovery Channel's American Chopper when it was on? Everybody did. It was it was ubiquitous. It was on all the time, yeah. and it was interesting. 
It was fun, right? I never, I never, I remember it was one of the first kind of build shows that I ever kind of got into was like these wild choppers. And I was like, where do these people get this money? And how do they make these bikes so quickly? And why are these guys so angry? <laughs> and why are the father and son so angry yeah. at each other? They might have been the first show you actually bought that they were actually fighting for real. Yes. I've since learned they probably weren't. But maybe we will no, ask No, no, no. I people. thought that your friend, Mr. <clears throat> Muth, said that they were. Oh, maybe. Mr. Muth? Muth, Muth. Did he do that show? Yes, I thought he was the showrunner on oh, wow. that show. I that, called him before this interview. <laughs> and he talked about how, if you were listening, that there were moments Obviously where... I wasn't. ...that there were moments where there were real tears. And uh, and he put that on TV. That was like... That was something... Maybe like the first time something like that had happened, and it, and it just brought the audience in. The real pathos... The hurt feelings. Wow. Well, now we have something to talk about. Yes. I don't think those. I don't think they're talking. The huh? father and son. <clears throat> they don't live nearby, right? They're not going to come beat us up or something. <laughs> He's going to take his mustache. <laughs> Wait, it's Orange County. <laughs> Orange County choppers. Yeah, but I think they're Orange County in a different Orange County. Oh, okay. They're they're Orange County back east. There's another Orange County, more oh. than one. This isn't that Republican California stronghold. Emoluments, phony <laughs> emoluments. <laughs> All right. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing today? This is Paul Tuttle, sir, senior. Paul Tuttle, senior. How are One you, sir? Very nice to meet you. Good. You've nice got to meet uh, you too. You've got uh, Spike Ferriston here and the real Zuckerman, who's a lawyer. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. <laughs> I won't pluck you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I understand you have a new podcast you're talking about. Your podcast here at Podcast One, correct? Yeah, we have a pocket new podcast, yes. Wow. All right. Well, we're, yeah. we're, we're going to get into that. I want to get into, uh, we were just discussing your show, your Discovery Channel show, American Chopper, and whether or not the tears were real on the show. What is your Are comment? you asking me the question? I'm asking you a question. Were the tears real? Was the crying real? Uh, yes. It was. Yeah, the real emotion in that show. That's why people loved your show, because it, it was real. It was authentic. It was raw. That's my opinion. You know, you know what? That, the the uh, raw, that's what people say. You know, people like my show because it was raw. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what everybody says. And it's the truth, you know? We, uh, you know, nobody acts like that on TV. <laughs> <laughs> nobody acts, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, the first time I seen the show, you know, I was like, the, I said to myself, that's impossible. It's impossible for somebody to show that show, and never mind on Discovery, which is a completely ants and bugs and, you know, animals, and then they got, here's the tuttle. Animals. Like, yes, that? animals. <laughs> wow. Well, they did get animals. <clears throat> yes, they did. And you're you're heading into your 13th season with the show? Uh, 13, is it 13 or 13? I think we did, thir- we started in 202. Um, actually, two hundred one. We did a special, but yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Thirteen seasons. You're the longest running show on the Discovery Channel. Wow, that is really an amazing feat, given the current situation of broadcast television. You know, they are, <laughs> and not a lot of people know this, but Discovery Channel is it's one of the harder places to, for 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 me to sell. 
Like I, I look at them and I go, you know, they are, they have big shows. They have a lot of people watching. It's really hard to get something on the air over there. And to have the longest running show is really a huge accomplishment, given all the insanity that goes on with executives and whatnot. How do you do it? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, that's a good question. No, I, you know what I think? I think that like from day one, you know, we decided to be ourselves and we are today too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like. You know, uh, what you get is what you see. So right. it's not like a – I mean, don't think it's not stressful. It is stressful, you know. But, you know, it's – we're not a scripted show. If we were a scripted show, I would have quit. Mm-hmm. So they're not bothering you with fake fights and the rest of it? And No, because I won't do it. So when you when you're doing a show like that, are you the guy who's saying I you know I've got this thing going on with a bike, or I've got this this guy who wants a bike, Billy Joel wants a bike, you know? Is, I think that's an episode. Are you putting together the episodes yourself, or do you have a team that does that? A team. We have a team that does that. Yeah. Wow. And 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 what was it like making that transition from being like a custom bike builder to you know really a, not just a TV star but a TV producer? <laughs> <laughs> like, because there's a lot of there's a lot of Can bullshit in television. Can I curse? Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah. yeah, it was like holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it was like. It was like. Yeah, I mean, don't you know? Don't forget, we were like, you know, we're regular blue collar guys. You right. Know, out of steel fabrication, uh, field ca- uh, fabrication shop. Yep. Right. Just doing the things that normal blue collar guys do, working all the time. And then somebody said, uh, you know, go get me, go get me a, uh, somebody on the East Coast because they already did Jesse on the West Coast. Right. And they seen the, they seen a picture of me. I just opened up a website like three days before, and they said, "This guy looks like a motorcycle guy. Give him a call. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do we'll do a one hour um, uh, show on Laconia, and th- th- that'll be it." So you know the show went uh, went very well, but then when they started this uh, series, you know it was we were overnight success. So here we are in a steel fabricating shop. And somebody just opened the dam, and it was like, oh, my God. It was, like, hard. It was hard to adjust to. You know, when you're used to – when you're using blue-collar guy, you're working, and you're just trying to make a good living and make some money to, to, to like, all of a sudden trying to figure out how to capture it all. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's New York. So that New York. That was harder. That was harder to do than, than trying to make the money. Right. Did I'm, you have people just start showing up? Like coming, knocking yes. on your door, just going, hey, you're the guy on TV. <laughs> hey, we want you something have, from hey. you. Hey, hey, I got a great deal for hey. you. <laughs> you. You have no idea. I mean, it was everybody and their brother, everybody wanted to do it. We had 75 licensing deals from doorknobs to Christmas bills. Wow. Wait, why doorknobs? Yeah, you know, Orange why? County doorknobs? Yep. Trailer <laughs> uh, hitches, uh, Christmas bulbs, you, you name it, car mats. Wow. It was crazy. It was crazy, you know what I mean? It was like our show was so That's exciting. Uh, popular, you know? Well, but it's making, you're making money. You know, I just put a new doorknob on my kitchen door yesterday, and I would have bought an Orange County Chopper doorknob if you had sold me one. What Did they have a special insignia on them or something? What makes an Orange County Chopper doorknob? 
They just put our logo on it. Oh, there you go. So your hand is, I would I would have done it. Unbelievable. Done it. This is quite a story, isn't it? Do quite... you uh, okay? If you could go back, would you do it all over again? Yes. I don't know. He has to answer. That's, well, you know that's a, that's. I, you know what? Some, I would. You know what I mean? Because I look at it as part of my history. You know what I'm saying? So you know, if you had to do it all over again, just the experience alone. Without all the insanity, I would do it. <laughs> but there was a lot of insanity, and I can understand that. It, yeah. it, it injected into your into your life so much uncertainty and craziness and and pressure. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it's it's taken its toll in certain ways. And you know the other thing too. Yes, it's definitely it's definitely takes toll, especially you know when you're working with a uh, family. Um, and you know the thing of it, the thing that I really kind of bother me the most is they they have a hundred percent control of editing so even if you were a good guy and you said the right things they could change they could change the words in your mouth they could change everything so you know and it's all about perception right right, right. trying to create uh, trying to create an alternative reality about who would you, who you and your family are to make it more watchable for people so what here's here's a question i just have a production question so what the balance of your week like are cameras rolling five or six days a week from beginning of the day to the end of the day or did they have did you guys have shoots kind of scheduled in the afternoon how how does it work and how do you balance the real business of the shop versus the tv show that's a trick, you know. That's, you know well, it is a trick. Yeah, it is right. Um, you have to have you know more people doing that, but uh, but you know the show is is listen. If you're if you're going to Europe, you're doing seven days a week and ten twelve hours a day, but generally it's five six days a week you're filming. Right, and then you uh, imagine you need to lock down the set. You can't have extraneous noise and other stuff. So, does that mean you know you're, you've got another building where there, the real work's going on? Uh, you know, as opposed to the TV show work. Well, you know that that's a good question. But no, we do it all in the same shop, and it, right. uh, and it is destructive. I mean, um, it, it is uh, distractive. Right. Yeah, and I and imagine any one machine can th- screw up audio. All right, well, you have built <clears throat> bikes for a lot of very famous people, and uh, and they range from Muhammad Ali to David Letterman to Michael Strahan. Um, what? Let me just throw out a couple of these names and tell me what they asked for. First of all, our friend Dave. What did Dave want from Orange County Choppers? Dave who? Dave Letterman. Dave Letterman, um, I got to tell you something. Dave Letterman was the biggest fan, period. He, period. He had every merchandise he had, and he was so involved in the show, like, like he thought the show was really real. In other words, like he was he like he would when when if we were fighting or something like that he would get so upset <laughs> and, and and we didn't we didn't build him a bike but we always brought a bike to his show and he would always ride it and we were on his show i think 13 times yeah yeah that's hilarious that sounds like dave right fantastic sure you know paul when you're uh, fighting with your son um Crazy, right yeah, yeah. M- michael strahan Another guy I don't associate with these types of bikes. What did he? What did he? What was he interested in? 
He was interest, interested in just something that represented the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So how did you address that bike? What do you mean? You put that on the tank, the, the Giants? Yeah, we did the gas tank that looked like, you know, we did the sissy bar look like a field goal. We used it for the head like we, we used like a helmet to cover the headlight. <laughs> Come on. Fantastic. Does he still have that bike? Yeah. Yeah, I believe he does. Wow. Okay, uh, I want to keep asking about it. Here's, here's another guy, Bill Murray. Like, I've been Bill around Murray. Bill Murray. He doesn't strike me as the type of guy that would get on a motorcycle. I think Bill did ride motorcycles. Uh, when he was younger. I don't think he made it a, a practice. But I can tell you one thing. Every time anybody says, who's your favorite, I always say Bill Murray. Okay, why? Because he was really real, and he... He's as funny in person as he is on TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great time. We had a great time with him. Wow. It's amazing. Look was, at all the places Paul's gone. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. really this the, the, this idea that you get uh, your website, probably your first website, you're up for three days, and bam, this hits you. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a dumb luck. luck. I, it's just so, it's, it's hey, a crazy listen, story. Jimmy Kimmel, Good Morning America, David Letterman, Jay Leno, Celebrity Apprentice. You know, that's just a few of the places that he stopped with his motorcycle shops there, and he's building bikes for Muhammad Ali. Shaq, did you have to build a, a giant motorcycle for Shaq? Does he fit like yeah. on an ordinary motorcycle? <laughs> no, no, we had to build a big bike. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in that case? Do they make a Stretch giant a frame? Like, is there a big and tall men's motorcycle shop where they have bigger frames and tires? We we had to build a special frame because he's so tall, <laughs> right? And, and and what he wanted. He wanted to fit in that bike like a, so. When you looked at him, he looked like a normal sized person. So the bike had to had to fit him that way. Can you imagine? What I that can't looks imagine like? how long it was. I couldn't even move it. You couldn't reach the pedals. That's hilarious. All right, let's talk about this podcast. It's called uh, Behind the Scenes at Orange County Choppers. Uh, OCC's Untold Stories, and now parked in podcast. How long have you had the podcast now? The podcast. I don't know. I think it went live like a couple weeks ago, but we've been shooting it for three months. Wow! And how do you like it? I mean, do you like do you like the experience of just uh, being on a mic as opposed to doing a TV show? No, I love it because you know we we have uh, Joni Kay, who's the CEO, and then I have my fabricator on there, and then I have Jason Poole, uh, who does our um, designing. And these guys are everybody there, so everybody gets really involved. And you know, the thing of it is, we don't we don't go in there saying, okay, this is what we're going to talk about. We just we just like freelance it. So when we go in there, whatever comes up, whatever comes up, comes up. And you know, my my background, I mean, you know, uh, people really don't know a lot about me at all. So it's interesting. I'm sure that they find it interesting that, you know, some of the things that I've done in my life, which are pretty great. Right. Yeah. You you know, uh, podcasting is almost a, a confessional, right? It's where people are a little more open than they normally are on television. And you sound like a guy who really cares about how he's portrayed outside of the TV show. Like that, that the idea that you, that this network edits your shows and you have no say in that you know this is an opportunity this podcast to really communicate who you are 
thousand percent. Yeah, thousand percent. I like I that. I think that. Yeah, I mean, I think for a while there, you know, they try to really make me look like the bad guy, and mm-hmm. it really kind of tarnished my my name, you know. So it took me actually years to kind of uh, correct that. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's perception, and people see you a certain way, and like in that light, and I'm not that person at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You were uh, involved in a lot of different charities, Make-A-Wish, St. Jude's Hospital, uh, the Boys and Girls Club of America. We can tell just by the way you communicate. You're a decent, God-fearing man, a good person, a contributor to society. And, uh, you know, that's just a character on TV you're playing. You know, this this version of yourself, right? That's like me. Like you. Yeah, show. Zuckerman, you are that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're communicating now and always on what he, what the editors at Discovery are communicating for him. <laughs> but that's just you naturally. And that's okay. That's okay. You love making me a caricature of myself. And I have to say, I am a co-conspirator. I'm a willing a caricature. I am a willing participant in this in this caricature. Well, we all like the bad guy. You're a likable bad guy. We Everybody likes likable bad guys. We all want to be the yeah, likable bad guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that I have that, that image for sure. Uh, but, you know, the real me is really a good guy, you know what I mean? And we're really involved in uh, animal rescue, um, you know, uh, all kinds of, you know, Make-A-Wish. We were Make-A-Wish of the Year, and I think 205, over, we picked, we were picked over Disney. <laughs> wow, I love yeah. that. So wait, they have their own award ceremony at Make-A-Wish? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that a weird event. So wait, so you go to a place? Is it like the Emmys or something? And it's... it's a, it was in California, you know what I mean? It was kind of like a big auditorium. And, you know, <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it was... Wild. It was, really cool. it was really cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, congratulations on that. And congratulations on the podcast, Behind the Scenes at OCC. And uh, we get it here at Podcast One and anywhere else where you get your podcasts. Um, and you're going to get to see the real Paul Tuttle Sr., not the one portrayed by the hit Discovery show. That's the <laughs> longest-running show in Discovery history, making everybody billions of dollars, Zuckerman. Billions, billions of and dollars. Billions and swiggins. Billions. Yes, Swiggins. Yeah. Swiggins, I'll a, see you at the club. It's <laughs> been a good year, the Swiggins. You took a shellacking in <laughs> capital gains. You should see my OCC stock. It's through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure meeting you, sir. When you get to L.A., will you please come in the studio please. and hang with us? I'd love to. We'd love, love to have you. And, and I appreciate your time. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Paul. Take care. All right, Zuckerman, that's I it. I love that guy. Another show. Yeah, we got to have him in. He's a great guy, huh? Yeah. I, I love when, you know, well, it's just the idea that he's putting together this shoot and then Discovery's just going to, they have to do that because that's of what course. makes people watch the show. But then, you know, you're walking down the sidewalk and people are spitting on you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> you, you. They yeah, do that. like, wait, wait, I'm a good they guy. Do, they do that. They yeah, do Larry see. David. He tells the story of, oh, you're such an asshole. Or it was Piven, right? <laughs> yes. Ari Emanuel was saying, oh, I'm an a- you're an asshole, and I'm an asshole like you. And he's like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> That's a character on TV. That's not me. Right. But whatever. You got your own show. You can't complain. Anyway, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you all. 
We'll see you next week, unless you have something else to add. So- i got to make some money. Go Ferris. make some money. And we'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app, or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Hey, guys, if you like my show, you're going to love the official Lakers podcast on Podcast One. Join host Mike Trudell and co-host Aaron Larsoul every Monday night as they discuss the Lakers news of the day, break down the games from the week, and have exclusive interviews from players, coaches, and staff. So don't miss the official Lakers podcast every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.